is this? Ah, the French. For what reason? What is the charge? Eating a meal? A succulent Chinese meal? I'm here, Papa! Yippee-ki-yay, Mr. Falcon. First listen to the animal man, the Snoopy Snoopy poop dog. My wife hated me being a firefighter. We were divorced nine months later. If you don't mind my saying, I don't like your attitude one bit. Inspired. Six times I've now ruined my whiskey. I'm going to I'm under what? I just want to do whatever serves the corporation best. Good night, Mr. Wonderson. Fair, it is World Champion Podcast. I am your co-host, Brighton. And I am your other co-host, Sean Black. This show is a freeform conversation, bringing you news and stories from the fringes of society. Fringe, dr- fringe dwellers, as we... That, see, there you go. I just lost my podcast license. I know, license. you were doing so I was doing great. so well. That was I had first take. So much gravitas. We never get it on the first take. I know. You're so close, yeah. man. You had like another 10 seconds. 10 seconds to go, and then I could have gotten my uh, achievement. Mm-hmm. You know how in Xbox you get achievements. We have some achievements of our own. We never talk about them on the show, mm-hmm. but just among the two of us. Right. And uh, we have little stickers that I ordered from Etsy that we can put up on the side of the Ferris wheel. And one of these days, we'll get one of those stickers. <laughs> these days, I thought today was the day. That we finally got one. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because it is self-governing, and yet self-governing. Ah, there you go. That's, that, they, yeah. they peel one of those stars off, actually. Yeah, we still can't ever get them. Uh, well, real quick, just to get down to Smogville business. Uh, mm-hmm. Smogville, of course, is where we broadcast from. It is uh, the biggest world fair east of the Pacific. Mm-hmm. We signed a contract to be the official podcast. Uh, I guess just a reminder that the horse show, the world champion horse show, only 17 more weeks remaining on that. Yeah, get to that. It's the most amazing show. The most amazing show. Get your tickets now. Um, but outside of the Ferris wheel, Sean, I had a great weekend. How, how about you? That's I had a great good. week in general. Really? Um, yeah, the whole I got, week. I got to see some bears chasing each other around. That's always fun for okay. me. Um, I got to see a giraffe wa- waddling oh, and eating. Oh, okay. I, I think I know where you're going with this. Now. Yeah, yeah. The zoo. We went to the zoo. The zoo. <clears throat> Zoo brews, where we were part of the problem that we were complaining about. How? How so? Well, uh, it's, it's an event called Zoo Brews that the zoo puts on, mm-hmm. where you can go after hours, adults only. No kids. No kids, which is nice, I guess. But I don't know. Kids are drunks. What's, what, what is yeah, worse? Yeah, they're about the same on the annoyance scale. Yeah, because when I was in w- waiting in line and the king of Chicago was behind me <laughs> talking about his above-ground pool... I was kind of wishing for the yeah. adorable and innocent laughter of children. Yeah, yeah. Or, so. or even children complaining and whining. Even that kind of sounds better. Kind of better than like, if we, if we get up there and they're out of fucking wine. <laughs> yeah, there's some bellowing. <laughs> a lot of bellowing. bellowing. A lot of bellowing. And I did see a shirtless juggalo as well. Yeah. So it was, straight off. That's true. It, it, it kind of descended into Gathering of the Juggalos. Yeah. Which, and, this, and this was called the Young Professionals Zoo Brews, right? No, that was just part of it. Oh, they, that was part of it? The Young Professionals just saw that there were Zoo Brews and thought they'd make that the spot their for, thing, their, okay, for their Okay, because I, I was meeting. thinking that what they consider a young professional, they set the bar pretty low. Yeah. A shirtless <laughs> juggalo. You're really stretching the definition of professional. Yeah, no, he's probably a professional... Um, criminal. Criminal. <laughs> pro- professional street piercer. <laughs> yeah, he's probably no, no, because you can't be. I, oh, I, if you had the word street, that that makes right. It okay. He's a professional street piercer. Like he's not a professional tattoo artist, but he's a professional in home tattoo. That's artist That's how he keeps prices down. He's not paying overhead. Yeah, he comes that. to you. Yeah, and you save money by not buying all that pesky like antiseptic and stuff. No, one pair of gloves is fine. They don't even have a hole in them. Why mm. would I need to change my gloves? That's right. You don't even need gloves. You just vape onto your hand after you have a little green apple tobacco. That kills germs, man. It's the apple in it. The green apple flavoring is really toxic, I think. Toxic to germs. Toxic and, to everything. And lungs. It burns any cell it comes in contact with. Just toxic. Horribly. Just straight across. It's, so, like, yeah. it's like mustard gas. <laughs> it is. Yeah. But with a, a nice apple flavor. No, in 50 years, there will be a controversial plans to use taxpayer money to vil- build a vape juice disposal facility somewhere in the desert of Utah. Right. It's like, we already got the nerve gas and mustard gas disposal mm-hmm. facility. Let's start shipping our vape juice there. Let's get the real dangerous stuff out there. Yeah, and then I'll be signing petitions. Like, I don't want vape juice mm-hmm. being transported on my highways and rails. Mm-hmm. 
It, it's just you, living close to these type of things. You've just got to be aware. As soon as you smell Captain Crunch, you're dead. You're, you're already dead. <laughs> you're already dead. If you can smell Captain Crunch or blueberry cotton candy or many many of the other adult flavors in, in vaping tobacco. Right. Cherry vanilla. Cherry vanilla, right. Well, speaking of all that, cherry vanilla, I had a little adventure um, to a town up north. Mm-hmm. I won't say the name, but they have a store... And it's kind of a, a general goods store that, you know, sells CDs, used uh, VHS tapes, <laughs> toys, and uh, they're going out of business and having this insane 75% off sale. That's right. By the time you hear this, they will have shuttered their doors. Mm-hmm. But I heard about... Well, which um, doesn't matter because the town it's in is a mystery anyway, as you established initially. That's true. But I know, so. <laughs> I know the armchair detectives that listen to this that's program. That's true. That's a smart crowd. But we had a little adventure up there. A friend of ours uh, was texting us in the evening because he went and was like, oh, they got these for three bucks, like mm-hmm. Funko Pop figures, which I love. Mm-hmm. We've talked about toy collecting on the show before. That's right. And uh, these deals were insane. I spent 30 bucks and got a garbage sack full of awesome toys mm-hmm. and stuff that I would have bought anyway. Uh, my girlfriend was kind of trying to keep me down because I was like, Bib Fortuna, I need Bib Fortuna. Right. And she's like, mm <clears throat> I know it's only three dollars, but you don't need Bib Fortuna, mm-hmm. and I'm glad. That's good. There's, a, I didn't. I'm glad there's a voice of reason because right. to to people that collect toys, this was like saying all our drugs are seventy five percent off right. or the first time's free. Yeah, and you're like, oh man, I really need that toy. Like, like hey, you get, you get that itch. You want a free six pack of Budweiser? Nah, no. Um, but that's a thing that I'll mention later as well. But. Uh, yeah, so I got like a Cobra Commander Funko Pop. I got Wilson nice. Fisk. I got Fry. I bought some Game of Thrones figures, which I haven't bought because they're twenty bucks. Yeah, but I, you can buy them when they're four dollars. Right. Who'd you get in Game of Thrones? I got Arya, Jamie, and Brienne. Which Arya is it? Is she? Um, she's, when she's kind of in her like her ragamuffin oh, okay. outfit. All right, like going north with the Brotherhood. All right. Boy, speaking of Game of Thrones, you see that finale? I uh, did. Oh, boy. Like, it knocked my socks off. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's, I don't know, I think it's the best episode ever. Because, I kind of do, too. And I think this is so nice that, unlike the books, where it's like, I got an idea. Mm-hmm. An explosion of characters. Mm-hmm. I'm going to add, like, ten more characters that you've never heard of, mm-hmm. and suddenly they're going to be really important, and you're going to be confused about why they're even there. Mm-hmm. Now, a whole different sort of explosion of characters in this. <laughs> Yeah. Should we talk about it? Or are we just going to... Is this uh, a topic? It's a spoiler. Let's see. It's a five-day spoiler. No, let's just not, because it's so good. I yeah, don't it's so good. Every, yeah, watch people. the... It's, I guess my real question is, how much of this is the TV writers? Because this episode is so enjoyable. Is this the product of having the restraints of the book taken off of them? Because, again, you tell me that... That George R. R. Martin has met with them and he's told them the ending, right? And he's told that's them that's what they say. And major plot storylines. There's a yeah. There's a major plot twist that when they were meeting with him to propose doing the show, he said, "Well, have you figured this out yet?" And they said, "The correct answer." And that's when he like gave his blessing, like, "Okay, you guys know the books pretty well then." So does that mean just make up your own ending, or <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe? <laughs> like he really, it's it's much like. Like uh, Arya, you uh, Sir, not Sirio, the uh, Jack and Hagar saying, yeah. "You are now no one." Is that that's what George R. R. Martin was that's saying? That's what to them? it is. It's, you are it's, now me. It's George nodding, and it's like me in a job interview, where he's like, "Well, I know, but let me just uh, make sure I'm understanding <laughs> correctly totally what you mean by this." So him, so him saying, "Have you figured out the ending yet?" And then he <laughs> and then he pulled a notebook out of his pocket and put it under the table with a pencil. <laughs> and then they said, well, is it, is, is it this uh, R- R2-D2 plus J2? And then he's like, can you explain that in detail? <laughs> and then he's like, I see you guys are true fans. Pretty smart. Sounds like... <laughs> sounds like... Uh, hold on one minute. You've got it all figured out. Now, who was that again that died? <laughs> so what Just so we're on the same page. Now, what do you think the catalyst will finally be to sail across the... Mm-hmm. Boy, you guys are good. You guys are good. I think I'm. I think, frankly, I think I'm just about ready to give you the go ahead. But couple more things. <laughs> That'd be so amazing. And then he goes, he goes running home like George Costanza with like paper in his head. I got it. I got it. <laughs> Kicks the door oh, open, God. and his wife Paris is sitting in there, and he goes, Paris, <laughs> I got it. <laughs> 
and he just starts furiously typing. Furiously typing. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, I guess that's I guess that's why the show's so good is because they know the ending. <laughs> exactly. They know <laughs> the the legitimate ending. Yep, and so does George. <laughs> and that's why it's taking so long to write the books, because now he's got to figure out how to get there mm-hmm. with what he's already got. <laughs> And he's like, oh, shit, I should have had Arya do that. That's way better. Dude, he is, he is the, the perfect example of my biggest nightmare because my entire life has been procrastinating things I need to do. Now, can you imagine the weight yeah. of, the, of that, of the world, and you, and you keep putting it off. You keep like, well, maybe today I do a little more character research. Uh, yeah. And then you end up, he's just on Reddit like for six hours and ends up watching you know, a football game. I mean, like, let's say we have jobs in theory. Mm-hmm. And you go to a job, and by about lunch, you're ready to go home. Right. And then maybe three years into that job, you're like, oh, man, it's kind of time to move on. Mm-hmm. He's had the same job for over 20 years now. Mm-hmm. And he's procrastinating, and he wants to do something else, and he just wants to watch football. And he's like, oh, this job that I'm never going to be able to quit. Mm-hmm. And he probably has, at this point, thrown away his answering machine. He probably got rid of his phone because it's become his biggest nightmare. Yeah. There's another day of putting it off. He sits down to watch TV, and he's like, well, maybe an idea will come to me. And then the phone starts ringing. And how it's, many times it's like you, the telltale heart. How many times do you think he said, oh, gee, no, when did you send it? Weird. Oh, yeah. oh no, maybe, uh, you know, it might... Maybe my, it went to my spam folder or something. Mm. This is what he oh, says. Oh, weird. I didn't get my phone's been weird lately. This is what he says the most when he is on the phone, though. It's coming along good. It's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's almost there. It's, it's got a little more things I need to tweak, one or two, but it's, it's coming along. It's really in there. It's far along. And then, he cl- and then he hangs up the phone, and there's literally the screen on his computer with a little dot <laughs> underscore thing flashing, yeah. and, it's, and it says... The, what is the new book called? Winds of Winds Winter? Of Winter yeah. Winds of Winter by George R. R. Martin, chapter one. <laughs> and then just flashing. And then just a flashing, that flashing underscore thing. That's why he keeps and introducing new characters, too, because it's probably easier. Beginnings are always easier. Oh, yeah. So, so it's like, okay, well, now I've got to figure out how Arya's story ends. Or I can or... make up a new bastard from the Riverlands who <laughs> steals a ship. Or is Finkor the, the Rat King a, a surprise <laughs> character that's going to teach her how to, to tightrope walk? Yeah, that sounds good. She needs a little more training. Not quite ready for revenge. <laughs> Come on, Finkor. Oh, that's great. Finkor. Finkor the Rat King. This is how you, you get away. You have to, once you kill, you have to be able to run along the top of the roofs like a rat. And then she's running along. And then it takes her a little... It's like very Assassin's Creed. She has to jump off totally. balconies and run along little clothing lines. Make little nests out of found things. You are not yet ready. And then he like gnaws on her finger. Yeah. And so like pulls one of her fingernails off every time she, she fails. And then a girl once, brings me cheese. <laughs> and once she has no fingernails, she's, that's like the twist. She's actually become the new rat queen. The, the, yeah. A and girl then, is the rat queen. And then she can travel to this ancient island <laughs> to, to do something. <laughs> Gather pine cones. Yeah, get some get some a magic pine cone that will will end up killing. Who who does she hate the most? Is it Cersei? I get, no, no. All her all her enemies are dead at this point. She's got a lot of them down. Yeah. Um, I just looked that up today. Who was in her little prayer thing? And who's at the top? The one at the top though is Joffrey, right? Joffrey Tywin. Um, Tywin gone. Sir Illyn, who just got written out of the show. He's the guy that cut off Ned's head. He, he just is out of the show? Uh, the actor got sick, and so they just decided to... Forget it. Just forget it, yeah. Huh. So, the, so and then in the show, Bronn's doing stuff that he was doing. Oh. Pain. Yeah, Bronn's really kind of become... Bronn is like that crossbow guy on Walking Dead. Oh, yeah. Who, who's become one of the most popular characters, but wasn't in the source material. Yeah, I mean, he was, but he, he Well, I mean, he away. was, yeah. but, but it was like as memorable as... Any of the other kind of literally was millions like, of guys you meet, and literally was like, "See ya! I'm gonna go retire on my land." Yeah, <laughs> goodbye, Tyrion. Because he he would have been out of the TV show in the first season, right? No, he stuck with Tyrion through the, right before Tyrion's trial. And oh, Tyrion, did he? Yeah, and he's like, "Hey, want to be my fighting champion again?" And he's like, "Now I got land and a wife and some gold, so okay, I'm out of here." And Tyrion mm-hmm. was like, "Man, well, can't blame you." Yeah. He seems like someone who could take that news well. Yeah. Of all people. So I have a lot of substance abuse problems. Mm-hmm. True. Okay, we're going right into that. Yeah. Um, Is this like a reverse intervention while, you, while you're like 
confronting me about this. No, it's, it's you. No, I guess it's like a brag intervention. Oh, it's a reverse intervention. It's a humble brag. Yeah, I abuse a lot of substances, and right. per- perhaps my biggest vice of all is soda pop. Hmm. And I go through phases where I will quit soda, and like a, any true addict, I will, um, you know, just this once. There's so many mm-hmm. times, and this is a process that's been going on since like 2000. Hmm. When I quit for like six months and lost 27 pounds <laughs> by just the only lifestyle change I made was I gave up soda pop. Wow. And then a couple times a week I went on a walk. That's all it takes. Yeah. Well, and so, and you know, and then I'll be like, oh, you know, it's it's a hot day. I got to go record the podcast. I'll just mm-hmm. stop and get an icy cold Coca-Cola. And then I take those sips and I just smile so big. Your eye, it's like Requiem for a Dream. Your eyes will dilate. The camera's real close to your eye. And. Oh, yeah, big time. And all time. that kind of stuff, and it makes all those noises. Or like even CSI camera zooms down my gullet, and you see the soda traveling through my <laughs> esophagus. <laughs> like a Slim Jim commercial, kind of. There's like a, a Slim little, Jim ma- little man down there demanding the soda. So yeah. let's talk about the addiction then. What, first of all, what's your drug of choice of the soda pops? Well, it's Coca-Cola, it's Coca-Cola. which we've, we've talked about before. They're, yeah, they're an unofficial uh, sponsor of the show, and, and that's, they don't pay us. That, and, yeah, that's my favorite soda yeah. as well. So. D- so right now, you instantly had me questioning my own. Yeah. Do fr- I have a problem? A, fr- a friend of mine once posted on Facebook, um, there's this meme going around. It was like, this is what soda does to your body, is what Coca-Cola right. does. And, and true, it like pretty much destroys your body. And he shared that and said, they forgot to put the part where it makes my mouth curl up in a smile and makes me forget my troubles for a minute. <laughs> like, yeah, that's, that's drugs for you. Yeah, that's true. So here's a phenomenon that I believe is unique to our home state of Utah. Okay. Uh, it's called Dirty Soda, TM, maybe. I guess the Supreme Court will decide if that's trademarkable. Dirty Soda. Dirty Soda. So these uh, shops are springing up. If you don't know anything about Utah... Uh, Salt Lake City itself, very uh, sort of liberal community. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've certainly have had no problem abusing other more illicit substances here, such right. as like uh, light beer. Right. Um, but Utah, by and large, very conservative, very religious culture here. But they love their soda pops. We love mm-hmm. our soda pops. So these stores are popping up, kind of moving into failed fast food chains. Like, hey, that used to be where the Arby's was. And, uh, I thought you said failed fast food chains. Yeah, that's true. Eat a burger. Because Arby's has guts, guts the meats. They do guts the, the meats. They have the most annoying commercials maybe ever right now. Yeah. I can't stand them. Continue. So they're moving in. Like, if, for example, in the neighborhood I grew up in, they moved into an old pizza hut. Okay. And you're getting your up to a 64-ounce soda. And, yes, they, they will refill your mug. 64. That's pretty big. That's pretty big. Um, Is that a double gulp? It's like a double gulp. In, in layman's terms. <laughs> yeah, I think so. A double super gulp, maybe. How many big gulps are there? Is big gulp, super I, I'm big gulp, like six and then big double gulps. big gulp? I know. I think it goes up to 64 ounces. And then you can get those 100-ounce refillable ones. Wow. If you uh, work in a call center. Yeah. <laughs> um, or at the bank. Uh, so they're not selling. You're not going there to get a Sprite or a Dr. Pepper. You're getting something with a clever name. Uh, and I went there just to, out of curiosity. And I got mm-hmm. the Texas Tab, which okay. was a Dr. Pepper with coconut cream and vanilla. And it was so good, Sean. It was, it was so, so good. good. So good. I want one right now. Now, I, I accidentally had one of these. A coworker oh, went, right. went to one. Where is there one in town? The, there's one in Murray. And then the closest one is up north, uh, almost next to where I went to the toy sale. It must have been Murray. So then. that was part of the incentive was we're going to go get that and then... You get a soda and then go to the toy sale. Yeah, because uh, because some, one of my coworkers went there and brought me back something. I, I, it may have been that same soda, but it was something similar. It was like it was Dr Pepper and vanilla and something mango. Yeah. Or, so there's a bu- there's a bunch like that, like sodas with some sort of flavoring add on, or you can just make your own. You can say I want a diet coke with uh, boysenberry and rhubarb, mm-hmm. and and then you get that, and then you get your sugar cookie, which is really good too. Wow, that's weird. They go all in, and so instead of getting yeah. something that with very little sugar, seems like a, a better pairing. You know, like a biscuit yeah. or something. No, it's kind of like a KFC famous bowl in that regard. Or they, the, they just or the, go uh, KO, all in. Or what was the sandwich that was two pieces oh, the, of chicken the, the and double, bread? Yeah, the double, double down. Decker. Yeah, or double no double down. Yeah. That's it. Stuff like that. Where the and, bun was two pieces of chicken. Yeah, 
So your sandwich is, oh, that's so disgusting. And if you stop by one of these places before or after work, the line is around the block. I mean, what? these are so popular. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is and if you drive, drive by like between five and six, it's a drive through and they have signs telling you, please don't empty your old one in the drive through line. We'll, we'll gladly empty it for you. So people, because <laughs> you're getting, because you can buy so, a refillable mug and then it's cheaper. So people are drinking it as they're in the drive-through. They're still finishing off their. They're old still one. finishing off the one from the morning and then just dumping it out because they've got their dedicated plastic machine washable mug for it. All right. Well, what's the, what's the biggest soda you've ever drank in one day? Oh, I mean, I, I thirty. Have you done sixty-four ounces? Oh no, 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 no. I'll order a thirty-two ounce and not finish it. And that's only if I'm real thirsty. What, I'm, no, I'm talking about the, your best day ever. The most soda you ever drank. I still don't think it's that much. I, I, as much, I don't need to constantly be mainlining it. Yeah, I think the big... I th- I've probably finished a big gulp before, but I don't think anything bigger. Maybe a super big gulp. Yeah. And even I have... Because also, once you... After half an hour or so, if you haven't drank the whole thing, it gets kind of icky. Yeah, it's... Yeah. It gets watered down, flat. Well, I'm just warm. curious, because yeah. these people that, are, that have the refillable 64 ounces... It stands yeah. to reason they've already had 64 ounces that day if they're dumping it in the drive-thru on the ground. That, even to a... I, I don't even know what to say. You, 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 everybody must know that's too much soda, no matter your level of education or anything. You've got to know that's too much soda. I think because it's sold over the counter and it's sweet and you had it as a kid and you give it to your kids i don't think you're equating you just think it you're harmless yeah you're not thinking in terms of like cigarettes or excessive alcohol or whatever you're like oh it's just sweet bubbly drink it's fruit flavored okay yeah i guess um, it, it's atkins friendly probably. so it's not just this one chain so this chain originated it mm-hmm. and there have been countless imitators and wait how long has this company been around i think like a year <laughs> <laughs> so there's this imitator that is, has completely copied their business model and their catchphrases and their trademarked material. Really? And so there's a lawsuit going on, and then the fans of either one are become having, rivals. have become rivals. So it's turning into West Side Story. It's becoming West Side Story, and there's so many. So we were up north in the town that I won't mention, and we counted four, that we, and we weren't even looking. Four soda stores. Yeah, like there's the one we wanted to go to, and then there's this one. Here's another one. Just four in this short little time in this town. And uh, there's so many, and they all have these cutesy little names like Pops, Fizzles, Straws. There's no way you could start a business thinking this is really going to last. I think. Or or is it the opposite? Or are these institutions that are going to change the culture? I think it's just a quick quick money grab. You know, it's like those companies that... um, just kind of pop up overnight to do social media consulting or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. They'll just, just, or just whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, that's popular. Quick, let's do the same thing. Let's get investors. Make a ton let's of money. Make some and money. Then just and, then the it, and then, yeah, and then we'll just declare bankruptcy and, and that's it. Um, so, yeah, anyway, I'm, I'm way into those now. How much are the sodas more expensive? Or are they about soda price? No, no, they're a little bit more expensive. I mean, we're probably looking at like three dollars. Three dollars for what size? For like a thirty-two ounce. And if you, you probably want a thirty-two ounce if you're going to go there, you might as well get a big soda. Or is that just the drugs talking? <laughs> Who knows? I don't that know. That would be my rationale. Is like, okay, I've already driven this place, and I'm getting this special soda. I might as well get the bigger size. I think that's it. Is is I would much rather. <laughs> I would much rather waste food I didn't eat than still be hungry later. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's true. I would much rather throw out an entire bag full of hamburgers mm-hmm. than eat one and think, I wish I had a couple bites more. That's true. That's, that's, you are a true American. Absolutely. I noticed that this toy sale, they had a bunch of Funko Pop figures of Jake Ryan. Okay, explain what a Funko Pop is to those who don't know. A Funko Pop is basically, imagine any kind of character of anything ever mm-hmm. that you can think of. They are, they are keying real hard on nostalgia. Oh, yeah. So naturally, uh, so they're these little, like, not quite bobblehead things, but they're these little cartoony, like, little bodies, big heads. Almost like a uh, Macy's Day Parade balloon person. Yes. So you take Spider-Man, but it's not Spider-Man with the muscles. It's like a giant balloon of Spider-Man. That's, exact, that's a great way to put it. The reason I like these so much is because I can have all my different favorite characters and they all match. Yeah. So I can have uh, 
the Hound next to Bib Fortuna mm-hmm. next to and it's not uh, jarring Rachel from Friends yes and it's not jarring in the Jar Jar yeah. Binks sense right I don't think they've made a Jar Jar Binks but they should uh, they should um but so like I said it's any kind of property imaginable and at the sale they had the sixteen candles line. What? And there must have been 50 of uh, Jake Ryan. Of Jake Ryan, really? And I thought that is just so optimistic to think that 50 people are going to want this. Going to want the the Because you're going to buy Long Duck Dong first. Right. And, and then you're going to get Molly Ringwald. Yeah. You're even going to get uh, Anthony Michael Hall. Exactly. The they nerd. had that. Yeah, they had all of them. But who is gunning for Jake Ryan? It, I mean, maybe a girl who had a crush on him growing up. But so like still. A, a 50-year-old woman. Yeah, maybe a 50-year-old woman. Maybe it's just not gone to the right shops. Maybe they need these Jake Ryans in Bed Bath and Beyond. Yeah, maybe at the counter. Impulse buy. Nostalgia. I mean, the nostalgia thing is strong. That's why I'm getting them. That's, that's why. What, yeah. That's the same. Okay, I got uh, Rachel from Friends because I had a crush on Jennifer Aniston in 1994. Wow. So you got to find. They have the. They have Friends even. Oh yeah, they got all the Friends. They got Saved by the so, Bell. Do they have a Frasier? <laughs> I, I think so. <laughs> they, they sound, if you've got Friends characters and Sixteen Candles, you are casting a wide pop culture it's a net. Wide net. No, name anything. They've got it. Okay. I know they have hundreds. Yeah. It's almost frustrating from a collector's standpoint because let's say you, you, you got in at the ground floor. I love these pop vinyls. I want to collect them. And then they're like, okay, qu- the first quarter of 2013, there's going to be 75 of them. Okay. Yeah. And then that summer, let's see how many. 200 are going to be released in one summer. Hmm. Okay. Got to start donating plasma. Got to give some blood. Yeah, I mean, if you just click on Marvel, there's like 75 of them. Mm-hmm. So I tried to make a resolution to only get one character from each thing that I like. So I'm going to try to stick with that the same way I stick with not drinking soda. I'm not a huge fan of them. I have right. I have the, the Swingin' Friar, the Padres guy, the baseball team, and then I have, I've got Jon Snow and Jamie Lannister. From like six years ago, so they're probably worth a lot of money. You should get Agent Carter too, though. Agent Carter, I, I I love Agent Carter, but in some of the promotional stuff, she looks too much like Dick Tracy. It's kind of bugs me. Even though I know Dick Tracy's coat is yellow, like Dick Tracy wore, wore all these super bright primary colors, yeah. and so Agent Carter sort of does the same thing. She dresses like Clark from Smallville. She has the Superman color scheme, but all I can think of is 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 a uh, I don't know. I forgot it. Boy, I'm on their website. They must have been working so hard to crank these out. Uh, so you click on it. Animation, Disney, Marvel, etc. The vote. So if you want your Bernie, your Trump, or your Hillary <laughs> to, to go alongside Jake Ryan and Vision from Marvel <laughs> and the Mariner Moose. Who is buying Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump and Bernie Sanders toys? Like, who? who is that... Um, the guy who fancies himself the smartest guy in the office. Yeah, the, the, the loudest voice at the coffee shop guy? Probably that, <laughs> yeah. I've got my Bernie Sanders bobblehead right here. And then you see this toy that I have broken the head off is the Trump pop vinyl. I think it's the guy uh, at your work in the cubicle who speaks fluent sarcasm. Oh, yeah. He's got that. He's got those. Which ones, though? Does he have Bernie? No, I think any of them Any work. of them. Yeah. The guy, so, that's, the guy that the speaks guy that, fluent sarcasm knows no political boundaries. He, so, he covers all the spectrums. So the obnoxious guy you're talking about, you walk by his desk, you see Hillary Clinton toy, and you, your first thought is not, what's the deal there? But my, your first thought is, I don't want to even know. Yeah. Because even asking him will, will elicit this snide, long, drawn-out response. He's done, I mean, it's cool because he's going to send you uh, forwarded emails of political cartoons all the time. Right. And in meetings, he's going to really shoehorn this in as mm. jokes. Like, you know, it'll be like, oh, we're trying to uh, reduce our, our paper usage by going electronic. And he'll say like, oh, yeah, because tiny hands can't hold paper mm. that well. Or he'll say, then I'll stop having, printing out BRs to put on all the exit signs so it says Brexit. <laughs> yep. That, exactly. was, that was a sarcasm. That was just a weird guy in the office. Huh? <laughs> no, it's, it's the same guy. Is it? It's the same guy, yeah. Does, does this guy ask women to lunch all the time, and then there's girls at work that are creeped out by him and have gone to HR? Or is this more of just a dude that is just rude to literally everyone? I think he's too 
too much in his own head to even do that. So he's not some weird creep, necessarily. Not in that way. Not in that way. Yeah. But more in just... Women are repelled by him, though. Just extremely. Yeah, everyone is. Everyone. Yeah, <laughs> no one wants... No one wants to, to get stuck in the elevator with him. Yeah, and, and just have him make his snide little, like, oh, boy, I hope this... Better not let the city council see that, or else you won't get your trash picked up on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And then you don't even want to ask. You're just like, you just uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. Yeah. I'm like that. I get it. I, the, I was wearing this shirt, and this woman came up to me the other day and said, I love that band. And instead of saying, this shirt is for a restaurant, I just said, me too. <laughs> and nodded and thought, okay, please let that be enough. That's pretty good, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I love this band. I had a neighbor that was always outside and always wanted to talk about sports. Okay. So I just made the mistake once of being like... How about them jazz? Something like that. And so he just always wanted to talk about Ron James, who just won a championship with Cleveland. Good old Ron James. Ron? Yeah, that's how this guy talked. <laughs> Are you talking about LaRon? La no, just Ron. Ron James. Like, uh, Ron James. This guy would always have really controversial sports takes. Like, okay. I mean, I, I'm just saying, for my money... Michael Jordan is the best of all time. Oh, so he really is. Just... And then he wanted to like, like he wanted to kind of argue with you. Like, and you're like, okay. He's like, yes, me. When you win five Super Bowl rings, I mean, that's five. Mm-hmm. You're the best. And so you just say, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's Michael Jordan, and we know about Michael Jordan stuff like that. Yeah, but it was like that every day. So um, you just go out at night? Would you just sit at the window with binoculars? No, I'd and wait. Then run if, to if, your car. If I pulled up and he was there, I'd I'd just take uh, a nap. Right, yeah, games <laughs> games on my phone until he goes inside. <laughs> Because it would be, it would get to the point where every day the same conversation, like five nights in a row. <laughs> Still about always, Michael Jordan? No, it was most. He was a big Tom Brady guy. Oh boy, yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> so like you know, after Tom Brady had won the Super Bowl, he's like, I think the Patriots were the best team this year. <laughs> <laughs> what were his thoughts on Deflate Gate? Or was that like the point where you're like, I, I'll have to kill him if I? It was like, kind of like that. Like you just headbutt be, him if he starts talking. It would about be like it. the rain, and I'm carrying seventy pounds of groceries, right. like a grocery bag in every finger, and he's like. Deflated balls or no, you know, four rings. <laughs> he or whatever. I don't know how. So many he had a really confrontational like. way of, of of chatting. Yeah, really con- confrontational about things that no one's going to argue with. Right. You know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Funko Pop licenses all these different characters. Mm-hmm. So I want to kick off a yeah, kind of a weird version of one of our re- semi regular segments: Mysteries of the Mysterious. You've, you know the Lego movie? Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, all sorts of different characters coming in there. Batman and Chewbacca and right. Gandalf. Mm-hmm. Or, or I guess it wasn't Gandalf, it was just Wizard. It was Gandalf, essentially. Gandalf might have been in it at some point. Um, Wreck-It Ralph brings in all the video game characters. Uh, Roger Rabbit with all the cartoon characters. Mm-hmm. So uh, late 90s, early 2000s, computer-generated movies are finally coming into their own. Right. Toy Story, of course, is years in Monsters, Inc. But uh, look out, Pixar, because this new company is, is up and coming. They are, you know, they're going to crush Toy Story with this big, super hyped film. They're called Threshold Animation Studios. Okay. They're making a movie called Food Fight! Exclamation point. It's promising. Food Fight. Kids love food fighting. Okay, and kids love corporate mascots. Oh, Yeah. They love corporate mascots. So here's some of the licensed characters. Energizer Bunny. Okay. Charlie the Tuna. Twinkie the Kid. Mr. Clean. The Vlasic Stork. <laughs> Mrs. Butterworth. Hungry Man. The Tootsie Roll Owl. Wait a minute. What? Hungry Man has a... Oh, is he the, the lumberjack? Seen, no, that's Brawny. I've never is seen the Brawny? Hungry Man Hungry Man. I think he's also a lumberjack. It seems like he ought to be a lumberjack. He's a hungry man. They were going to use Aunt Jemima? No, no, Mrs. Butterworth. Oh. Maybe Aunt Jemima. Oh. (laughs) The last one on this list um, says Aunt Jemima, question mark. Question mark. After Chef Boyardee, Mr. Bubble, and the California Raisins. Um, Wow, this is crazy. Chester Cheetah and the Lipton T-Man. How many? This is more packed than than Captain America 3. Do they need this many characters? Brownie Paper, Towel Man, Coca-Cola, Polar Bears, Uncle Ben, Count Chocula, Alphabets, M&M's. Are you kidding me? You got to start small. You got to have Captain Crunch's solo movie. 
Mr. Pringle, Silly Rabbit, Honey Bear, Chiquita Banana. Yeah, that's true. Like Cap- you, you gotta, Captain Crunch. You got to build the universe like Marvel Films has done. You do right. a Captain Crunch solo movie. Then maybe you do Twinkie the Kid. And then in, the, and then in Captain Crunch 2, Twinkie the Kid maybe shows up. Or maybe that's where Mrs. Butterworth comes in. Maybe at the, end, the, of, at the end credits of Twinkie the Kid, he's trying to eat some cereal. Mm-hmm. And then someone says, you can have those because tricks are for kids. And then the silly rabbit's yeah, there. Yeah, and then the silly rabbit's there. And, then, and he's like, and I got to show you some things. And then silly rabbit one, when it ends, and, he, and they show him the, his new trick space, you hear some saxophone suddenly. I heard it through the grapevine. Uh-huh. And you're like, oh, shit, it's the California <laughs> Raisins. Yep. <laughs> And, I mean, then, only, and then, bam, you got Food Fight. You got to give it a good five or six years. You can put out Food Fight. So it's got tons of hype because they spent so much money licensing these characters. And it's described as Toy Story in a grocery store. It seems... Where like, after hours, the, the food guys come to life. Wait a minute. They paid the companies to use their advertisement characters. Yes. They didn't get a good deal for this being just a complete advertisement? Usually you're, it works the other way. So I guess I know where this animation studio is heading financially. I got an inkling. Because I think they got they, it's the opposite of how television and movies work. You might be onto something. Might be onto something. Might be onto something. Wait a minute. They pay us? <laughs> That's what they heard in bankruptcy court. Yeah. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So, so TV shows aren't paying companies to make commercials to give them time between the scenes? Wow. Yeah, so that means uh, Hawaii Five O paid Subway. <laughs> yeah, paid Subway because they're like, oh, we, we don't have enough material. We need to fill out the next 15 minutes of the hour. Let's throw in a Subway ad. Here, Subway, we'll give you $100,000 if you'll write us a scene. <laughs> or better yet, a million if you'll make us a commercial. Just buy us like five minutes to get our shit together. So let me tell you some of the cast. Charlie Sheen as Dex Dog Detective an anthropomorphic dog private investigator, as well as the owner of the Copacabana nightclub. Okay. Uh, Wayne Brady, Hilary Duff, Eva Longoria, and keep in mind this was the early 2000s, so these people were all... So Freddie Prince Jr., he's available, right? (laughs) He should be. Uh, Christopher Lloyd, Chris Kattan, Ed Asner, Jerry Stiller, Christine Baranski, Harvey Firestein, Cloris Leachman... Who do you think some of the... Does it say who all these characters are? These are all, like, original characters. Oh, those are... So there's original characters in this, too? Right. So the plot is... Uh, it, it, it takes place in, a, in uh, Marketropolis, okay. the supermarket. God, don't even try. So Just after... the first thing that pops into your mind. I know, like Dex Dog Detective. <laughs> yeah, Dex Dog Detective. Uh, Mar- it's uh, some kind of metropolis in a marketplace. Markopopolis. Okay, good. Yeah. Uh, Trademark it. The, the Dog Detective is trying to find a stolen Leonardo da Vinci painting. Yeah. Like, the, come on, guys. Come on. Let's get this thing going. The Woofa Lisa. Yeah. Um, so then at night, the store turns into a, like a city, and everyone hangs out and, and whatever. So it's exactly the same as Toy Story, kind of. During the day, they pretend... It's, it's exactly Toy Story. It's exactly yeah. d- Toy Story. <laughs> so they released a trailer and some footage, and it was in all the like film magazines and stuff no about way. this revolutionary stuff. Slated for a Christmas 2003 release. Here's where it falls into Mysteries of the Mysterious. Okay. December 2002, about a year before its release, someone stole the hard drives that had the movie on it. How many hard drives is that? Is it, so this entire thing is computer animation. It's all computer animation. And if it's a big budget thing, that would be hundreds of hard drives. It would have been a it? lot of hard drives. So you don't just accidentally steal 200 hard drives. No, you don't accidentally steal them. So that's where the mystery comes in. I, I, I'm going to try to find out how many hard drives were stolen. But, but basically the whole movie got stolen. Okay. All their assets, all their files. And how far into the movie was this? How they much said work? they were about 80% done. So over a year, two years, a couple years? About three years three of development. Three years, yeah. wow. So they start over. But so the question is, how did those hard drives get stolen? So did someone from Pixar put on like a black mask and, and one of those hats? Oh, so you think this is like Watergate? Well, yeah, what else? This is Food Fight. Why game. are you stealing hard drives? My, my, okay. There's so a few different there... theories we can run through. That I've made up myself. Oh, the, well, to, okay, if we're making them up, then I'm going to say the first thing off the top of my head is someone that's in too deep. 
and they're just like they're millions of dollars in debt. They know the movie's terrible. They've they've come up with some kind of of plan to to disappear along with a movie or. So you maybe mean like one of the producers of the yes, movie? Yes, so I feel like a crooked producer. This whole thing's been a scam of some kind. Okay, good point. That's the accepted, or good that, job. That that's is, the accepted thing. That's the accepted that the director was like, oh my God, this is garbage. Or the producer, and, well, was, like, mean, and was just like, we can't admit that this is garbage. We're in too deep. Uh, let's just say they got stolen. Hashtag delete. Or they ended up in a church dumpster. Well, let's hear some of the more, the more controversial Well, the, the thing theories. that they're trying to, to put out there is that it's... Uh, um, yeah, they got so much money. They got a $25 million grant and then a $50 million through other... Oh, they did get some... That's, I don't get how it works, the product placement. But anyway, a lot of money went into or, this. Oh, so could it be one of those things where they didn't make a movie and then they just kept the money? Like the producers. They're deliberately trying to make a bad movie. Not, then, no, not even make... Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, make, bad as in you, you pay a bunch of really... Like you pay your cousin to do the, the computer animation. Right. Because he's going to community college for it, or and then and then keep the seventy five million dollars. Yeah, pretty much that. So it's either that you know it was either to save face or it was all just a scam to get all this money, okay, funnel it, launder it. Um, so the the idea that they're trying to put out is that it was corporate espionage. So in that case, someone from Pixar, from Pixar, with gloves and like those glass cutting things, suction yeah. cup things is breaking in to steal the hard drive. And it would be a hilarious group of guys. It'd be like uh, Seth Rogen, and they'd be bumbling, and they'd be like stoned guys, right? Oh, man. Ste- okay. Seth Rogen, Steve Buscemi. Mm-hmm. you got to have one person that's real serious, but not competent, just the, the grouchy. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, who's good at that? Well, obviously... Um, there's got to be one girl on the team, and someone's distracted because they're flirting with the girl. Uh, the girl is Elijah Dushku. Okay, yeah. That's um, good. Who's the guy? Who's that guy that's in every movie? Ch- um, Ch- Chating Totem. Uh, Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart, yeah, yeah. You need a fast-talking, like, silly guy. Yeah, and then maybe Jason Statham, just because it's so, yeah. so wacky. Yeah, he's the grouchy yeah. guy. yeah. Okay, we got the team together. Yeah, and so They've they're working a, for Pixar because work, they can't have the competition. They're not Pixar employees, though, right? Or are they? It starts out as like someone's brother knows a guy. Is it one of those? Things? I'm thinking. Or are okay, they actually, employees of. of Here's Pixar? what happens: John Lasseter of Pixar makes an offhand comment mm-hmm. that Seth Rogen, some sort of like uh, low-level uh, cubicle monkey. Take, oh, so it's like someone ought to just go over there and steal the damn movie. Right. He's angling for a promotion yeah. to impress Elijah Dushku. The daughter of John Lasseter. Exactly. So he comes up with this big plot to break in and steal it. He puts the team together. He goes to Jason Statham first, mm-hmm. who's like really violent and scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how, that's how that happens. Okay. Puts the team together of various low-life criminals. And they, they somehow get a school bus and fill it with hard drives. Fill it with hard drives and then dump them in the San Francisco Bay. Okay. All right. I, I can picture that. That yeah. seems pretty feasible, actually. Yeah. Well, I think we've actually solved that now. That, we probably that, have we solved got right it. to it. But we're not done yet because uh, they ended up finishing the movie 10 years later. You're kidding me. It goes to a straight to video release in 2012. What is their new revised budget? Like. $50,000? Well, the graphics, uh, I would say, are about on par with an N64 <laughs> in 2012. So we're going to pause it right now, and I'm going to show you this little one-minute clip because I want you to see this. Okay. I didn't show this earlier because you know I love my gotcha journalism. You do. You really do. You love the reactions. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to pause it, and uh, I want to show you this clip. Okay, we're All back. Right. Sean, what did we just see? <laughs> I don't even know how to describe it. It's like a guy with a crazy, huge Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hydehead. So Mr. Hydehead. Yeah. He's kind of like a mixture between Frankenstein, like Dr. Frankenstein, Mr. Hyde, and Dracula. And he's gyrating and yelling and walking into a grocery store. And then the guy he's confronting is an old man that works at the grocery store. But the old man looks like he's... He's doing the twist. He's like contorting and dancing as he talks. They're having a conversation and just waving their arms around, not even remotely in a human way. Like if you, like you're having some kind of like spasm. 
Not like yeah. Or if you're like like remember the old He-Man toys? How they didn't ha- they only had yeah. <laughs> shoulder and hip joints. Kind of like that. N64 level graphics. Like maybe you're playing Goldeneye uh-huh. and you put in your game genie and do like the the shrinky mm-hmm. code and then odd job is halfway through a wall and he's all glitching. Yeah, it does it's very much like you said, Skyrim when it screws up and the people's arms are flailing and then a guy just flies through the roof of the inn. Yeah, it's exactly <laughs> that. Yeah. Um I haven't watched the whole movie. I think it is out there to see on the internet. Um, but the thing I'll, I'll just leave you on is that the reviews not only knock the terrible animation, but also the extremely uncomfortable sexual undertones. Really? Yeah. In this, in this competitor to Toy Story. Yes. Well, it's just too much sex in it, huh? Yeah. So, so, so is, out, is there someone out there, a producer, that lost $20 million? Is there a person, like, how did this play out? I mean, I guess it depends on who you believe, the... The director was heartbroken, and uh, but I don't know. Wow. And we certainly won't make any accusations or judgments on what actually happened. Aside from saying that a, a group... That led, a horrible led, movie. Led, <laughs> led, a group by, led Seth, by Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen stole it, and that's case closed. They got rid of it. Seth got the girl at the end. Him and Alicia Dushku kiss. And, and Toy Story 2 is a huge hit. Yeah, huge hit. Here's, right. here's what AV Club said. Okay. <laughs> the grotesque ugliness of the animation alone would be a deal breaker, even if the film weren't al- also glaringly inappropriate in its sexuality, nightmare-inducing in its animation, <laughs> and filled with Nazi overtones and iconography. What? <laughs> <laughs> so it'd be a great kids show, aside from too much Nazi stuff and sexual encounters. Yes. And, just... and grotesque creatures. Yes. Wow, that's. I don't even see how you accidentally put in sexual stuff or Nazi overtones. Like that's that can't be an accident. Because one thing about computer animation is it's deliberate. It's not like you accidentally have an actor seagaling or something. <laughs> right. It's like every it's single very everything is calculated. So if you say that'll be really funny if that flag un- unrolls the way a Nazi banner would, you think yeah. someone in the, the in the room would be like, huh? Like, actually, sure, wait a minute. Are you sure you want that look? You want, so you want a, an SS look, and then you want to have a couple jokes about a dildo. <laughs> okay, I guess, well, it's year nine of me working here. They're still paying me. <laughs> I'll, I'll do what you say, whatever you check, say. Checks aren't bouncing yet. I know, I'm still getting paid. So, you know, I didn't realize I would, I would be making this movie for 14 years, but, hey, I've been able to buy a nice house because of it and, and go to Spain. So, Nazi symbolism it is. <laughs> All right, it's time to blow your speakers. This week, I thought I would review something near and dear to my heart, and that is the first band I liked as a child. Uh, and I'm going to say aside from Weird Al Yankovic, because I, I feel okay. like Weird Al doesn't really count. No, Weird Al's a lot of people's first, it's, but he I, doesn't count. Yeah, I got yeah. into Weird Al when I was probably in second grade. And then I heard a lot of music you know, through my family. But the first band I really personally got into when I was 10 years old was Def Leppard. Def Leppard are an English rock band that were formed in 1977 in Sheffield as part of the new wave of British heavy metal movement. And that the, the new wave of Briti- British heavy metal was kind of Ozzy once he became solo and, and Iron Maiden and that kind of stuff. And there's kind of a sound to it. It's, I des- when I described Ozzy, I said it was kind of the default metal sound. It's kind of... Yeah. It's, it's hard to describe otherwise. And Def Leppard is, is like you take that default kind of Ozzy sound and then you add a lot of catchy hooks and make it a lot more... Uh, Radio-friendly and, and uh, more pop. So it's just like Green Day to Black to Flag. No, I, yeah, yeah. yeah that's a, actually a really good way to put it. Yeah. It's, it's like the Green Day version of metal. And so just like Green Day, Def Leppard became one of the biggest acts in, in metal. Uh, their 1981 album, High and Dry, produced by Robert John Mutt Lang. And this is uh, a lot. Mutt Lang. Yeah, he's very famous. He's known as being a very meticulous producer, and that's... 
he really gave them a polish to their sound. And then he went on to produce Pyromania. And I think he also did Hysteria, which Pyromania went 10 times platinum. Hysteria went 12 times platinum. And at this point now, Hysteria has sold 25 million albums. Wow. And so what's cool about High and Dry is, is their first album's called On Through the Night. And, and that one just kind of sounds like it, it's very generic. It's not very... They sound a lot like an untalented Led Zeppelin. Sort of what they're going for. Well, not for the... They're, not going, <laughs> they're probably not going for that. <laughs> they're not going for the untalented. But they have kind of glimmers of, of, of more talent. And High and Dry is when it all kind of comes together. They get the right producer. It's in the right... They're in the right mindset for writing. And they start really kicking out some hooky, uh, just catchy metal songs that, you know, even your girlfriend would like, I think, is what really... Starts catching on. Uh, what can I say about this record? It was. You're talking about High and Dry now? High and Dry. Did they. They went through two singers, right? I. If they did, their, sing, their initial singer was, must have been really early on. I don't yeah. even think he, he made it all. I kind of feel like. Are you trying to tell me that you haven't seen Hysteria, the VH1 Def Leppard biopic? Have you seen it? Yeah. Did they have? Let's see. Earth? I think they did. I think they had a singer, and it was kind of the same thing where, you know, he was kind of an alcoholic, talented, but difficult to work with. And then they saw, what's his name? The Joe Elliott's their current Yeah, singer. they, like, saw Joe Elliott in some bar band and were like, oh, there we go. It sounds like they had a lot of problems with alcohol because they're, one of their guitarists, they kicked out during Pyromania because he was drinking too much. Oh, you know what? That's what I'm thinking of. I guess they did always have Joe Elliott. Yeah, Joe Elliott, I think, was from the get-go. Yeah, no, he was. I'm thinking of a scene where they go... Oh, here we go. It says it right here. Uh, the band originally consisted of, of Pete Willis on guitar, Rick Savage on bass, and... Tony Kenning on drums. Only 18 at the time, Joe Elliott tried out for the band as a guitarist following a chance meeting with Pete after missing the bus. God, how weird is that? Yeah. Like, you think about your decisions in life and these tiny decisions that change the course of your life. Yeah. This guy missed the bus and then ended up in one of the most successful rock bands in history. Sold over 100 million albums worldwide. Lived the dream rock rock star lifestyle. Countless women, countless money, countless fame, all that, all that type of stuff. Because he missed the bus. That kind of stuff is almost just scary to think about. It is. What, what if I, in another life, would have been as famous as Michael Jackson, and it's because I, I slept through my alarm when, yeah. I, when I should have gone to work early because I would have gotten a wreck and met a billionaire or something. <laughs> Wait, that's how you become as famous as Michael yeah. Jackson? You get in a wreck? And- I feel like I, like I, I rear-end... This Rolls Royce. Okay. And then this butler gets out to argue with me. And he comes sure, out and, sure. and, and starts yelling at me. And then, and then I start singing because when I get nervous, I sing or something. Mm-hmm. And then he's all, wait a minute. Someone's got to hear this. Or I know someone's got to hear <laughs> You sit down. No, you sit on the curb looking at your smashed up car. Uh-huh. And you just start singing the blues. Yeah. And he said, he said wait, wait a minute. And he opens the back door to the limo. And it's B.B. King. Mm-hmm. He open, you sing a, a refrain, the butler opens the back door, and BB's in there with his guitar, and he goes, Right. And you perk up, and you go, I just rear-ended a Rolls Royce. Yeah. I didn't have a choice. So is this, is this turning into like a musical origin story? Well, if you're going to be a famous singer, it's going to be a musical origin story. Is this going to be on VH1, or, you, or is this going to be in theaters? Is no, this, it's going to be, well, it's going to be in theaters. This is going to be like Ray? No, this is Oscar bait, yeah. Oh, it's Oscar bait. So mm-hmm. I, am I played by Leonardo DiCaprio? Who's playing me? Who's playing you? Uh, let's see. Hmm. Uh, yeah, It's got to be I someone think... that could get an Oscar, so don't just, don't insult me. Well, let's see. Leo just got his Oscar. So who's jealous of Leo for his Oscar and now wants one of his own? Matt Damon. Does Matt Damon not have an Oscar? 
He has a writing. Does one he have Good... Best Actor though? He's been nominated, but he doesn't have a win. He got writing for Goodwill Hunting. Okay, so okay, let's go with Matt Damon then. So mm-hmm. Matt da- and he's doing the true character actor thing. He's gonna gain some weight. <laughs> he's gonna gain some weight. <laughs> Just look bloated and terrible. Well, I got but good this news is for him. This is for art. I got good news for him because he's gonna have to live where you grew up in Salt Lake mm-hmm. to get into your head. Okay. A lot of soda shops around. Okay, so he just, he just, you're going to see for, the, for a few months leading up to, to during pre-production, if you go to one of these random soda pop places, you might see you might run Matt, Damon Matt Damon emptying his old 100-ounce cup in order to get a refill and mm-hmm. getting into a minor argument with an employee saying, no, we'll just dump out that soda. You don't need to dump it, right? It makes the drive through all sticky, Matt. Mm-hmm. And I know your name's Matt. Not because you're famous, but because you've been here three times today. All right, Matt, please. There's a sink in here that's big enough to dump 10 of those in. So that's how it's going to go. Okay. So, oh, yeah, we're talking about Def Leppard, huh? I was like, what the hell are we talking about? (laughs) Yeah. So the album is called High and Dry. And the album cover, if you take a look, is a square with a guy diving into a swimming pool. And then around him is an audience looking up as if they're watching the guy diving into the pool. Okay, I now, see. Now, when, when I got this tape when I was 10 years old, I didn't know that High and Dry had a meat, like a, what's the term? Like, it's a, it's, a, it's a saying. I was left high and dry. Oh, sure. But to me, I thought this literally was talking about a guy diving into a swimming pool. He's still so up he's... in the air, and he's dry. And as a kid, I just thought, that's the weirdest, like, what, how did they come up with this? Like, this is a rock band talking about partying and going out on Saturday night and babes. And they got together and thought, let's, let's come up with an album title and cover. How about a guy jumping in a swimming pool? And he's not yet in it, so he's high in the air, but then he's dry. There's a pool down there, but he's not in it. He's dry <laughs> as a bone, high and dry. And then the rest of the band going, yeah. That's yeah, cool. yeah, that's pretty deep. He's not in the pool. He's above the pool. He's high. And dry. He's not, he's not low and wet. So throw that out. That idea's gone. Low and wet, nope. High we're go- and dry. We're going with high and dry. Uh, it's a good record. It's, you, you really can tell that they're on the... Cu- it's exciting when you can hear an album and tell that someone's on the cusp of superstardom. Oh, sure. You can just... It's a solid record. The songs are all good, and they're just catchy enough and just polished enough that you're like, wow, this has got some stuff that could be played on the radio, which it, it was... Does this have any other... Yeah, what are the hits on this one? This isn't Pour Some Sugar on no, Me. No, that's Hysteria. The, this has got a... Let's see. High and Dry, I think, is, in quotes, Saturday Night. So the secondary title to High and Dry, Saturday mm-hmm. Night. I think that was a hit. Bringing on the Heartbreak is a pretty big one. Uh, oh, here it is. Let's see. I'm pretty sure Bringing on the Heartbreak is the big song from this. I don't hmm. know, but they're, they're all really catchy. I wouldn't be surprised if any of them were on were music videos and stuff. Yeah. It's really interesting that we're about 10 weeks into this, this uh, Blow Your Speakers metal thing, which I didn't actually even explain what it was, but I have every week. Uh, it's not like we're getting any new listeners. That's true. Yeah. Um, no, but I'm going to say it right now, yeah. just, just to say it, this this whole segment, even I though I was being saying, sarcastic, we get new listeners the by end, the boatload. Is my attempt to to become a metal snob, one heavy metal album at a time. But since I've begun this journey, I have liked every single album, quite a bit. I, I don't think any have uh, have really thought I won't listen to this again. Every one of them is in some kind of permanent rotation. Hmm. Like I'm going to keep listening to this. I love this. I love. I've liked every one. This one. Same thing. This one was weird, though, because I haven't listened to it since, God, you know, junior high or something. So it's so weird to hear. A, it, it was like hearing a song for the first time that I already knew. It was strange. That's, well, I get that a lot when I listen to that old nostalgic stuff. Yeah. Or even listening to stuff I didn't like in high school or junior high, mm-hmm. and then listening to it again, removed from the angst around it right you know like you're not thinking oh it's sell out it's garbage radio mm-hmm. stuff and yeah class president likes it and he's a dick right yeah you're just, you're, just uh, you're hearing something again for the first time it's really interesting and you're assessing it just objectively yeah as much as you can 
Because it's true, man. There's so many things that shade whether a band's cool or not, you know, rather than their music when you're a teenager. Yeah. Well, I have a lot of good news. Um, the Def Leppard VH1 movie is on YouTube in its entirety. It appears to have Portuguese subtitles, so okay. our Brazilian listeners can enjoy that. Nice. Um, we will, on our social media, and I'll just spit that out right now, worldchampionpodcast at gmail.com. Search World Champion Podcast on Facebook, World Champion Pod on Instagram, and uh, Smogville Fair on Twitter. We're going to link to the part where the drummer recovering in the hospital learns how to drum with one arm using his discarded dinner plates. Wow. It's a good scene. The car crash scene is particularly harrowing. Yeah. I don't like car crashes in movies. They frighten yeah. me. I, I, I was thinking about today if I should talk about him, the drummer losing his arm, but I thought he didn't lose it until they, after they recorded Pyromania. So yeah. I thought maybe if I rec- later on I'll do it. I wasn't sure whether whether to address it or not because that's how they they're, how they're best known to a lot of people. Right, it's their uh, log line. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pretty amazing that he did teach himself to re to play the drums oh, with yeah. one arm. Yeah, and it's mainly some they they did some revolutionary foot pedals, right? Yeah, There's like twenty pedals for yeah. his feet. And the biopic, I mean, who knows how accurate this is? Because biopics, just like yours, always have a very definitive moment where something happens fully formed. Yeah, you know, like yeah. like that's not really how the real world works. I don't think, but when it's like, well, you should you should call yourself Bob mm, Dylan. Oh yeah, yeah. And then yeah. he's so, like, so like Dylan. A, hey, I like that. Like Bob Dylan. Like from Forrest now on, my Gump. name's Bob Dylan. Forrest Gump from beginning to end was just yeah. scene after scene of that. Yeah. So he's got it. And that's the uh, the Johnny Cash movie, Walk the Line. Mm-hmm. There's the, that famous scene that's in all the trailers where he goes on auditions and he sucks. And then the producer's like, if you had to sing one song to God and put everything you had into it, how would that go? It, and I think there's no way that's how it happened. The producer would have just said, get lost. Is that the same scene where he starts out singing terribly and high-pitched and then by the end he's like, I'm Johnny Cash. Right, well, he's doing, he's doing some old gospel song, like real slow. And the guy's like, gospel don't sell. I don't want it. Mm-hmm. And then to the bewilderment of his bandmates, he's like, okay, let me, let me play something original. I hear the train coming. Coming around the bend. And he turns and into I Johnny Cash. Town, uh, yeah, in that moment. I don't know where. Yeah. yeah, that's true. So it, we just, those scenes are good, though. They, they help. They help oversimplify a complicated history of something. I guess so. People <laughs> like it. <laughs> you know you, what you, it you is? Don't, you don't need 20 years of him practicing a singing voice. I guess so, yeah. It's a lot easier if he just has this moment of inspiration and it just everything comes together. What it was was an entire generation of film producers and writers and directors mm-hmm. saw Back to the Future where he said, hey, Chuck, it's your cousin Marvin Barry. I know. And they thought that's what really happened. That must have been the most iconic thing that ever happened was yeah. not that actually happening because we all know it did happen. Yeah. But having that scene in movies because from that point on you've got Fer- Fer- Ferris Gump, Forrest Gump <laughs> yeah. doing his, you know, saying all his stupid catchphrases, shit happens yeah. and stuff. And it all goes back to that Back to the Future scene. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, uh, Kevin... That's actually what I was thinking of when I was thinking of rear-ending the, the famous musician was that exact scenario. Exactly. That's how it always goes. Where so, you know... It's, it was Marvin, or is it Marvin Berry that was at the, the Marvin dance? Berry was at the dance. Chuck's Chuck, cousin. Chuck, it's your cousin Marvin. Cool. Yeah. Uh, we talked about professional wrestling last week. Kevin writes us, our friend Kevin, and says, uh, I always thought Dean Ambrose's gimmick should be, <laughs> quote, your friend's stepdad. <laughs> <laughs> You mean it's not? <laughs> exactly. That it's, the was... most, it's the most perfect thing I've ever heard. <laughs> it is. That's... Right down to the fact that his name's Dean. Dean Ambrose. Oh, great. Dean's here. No, you're, yeah, you're like, oh, dude, Jason's mom is married to this guy, Dean. <laughs> He's got crazy. like a leather jacket. Yeah. He's crazy. He rides a motorcycle. He's got this long... <laughs> He's got this long hair even though he's bald. <laughs> Dean, he's just the ultimate stepdad. His name wow. Dean. You nailed that. Oh, hey, I'm Jason's mom's husband. My name's Dean. Yeah. 
You nailed that. Yeah, so that's perfect. I love that. Well done. Yeah. And uh, But on that note, we'll head out. All right. And we'll be back next week for more of everything that you like us doing. Huzzah. Leave us a review on iTunes. Huzzah. Around. It's like when your your Skyrim gets broken. <laughs> wow! Wow! <laughs> what is up with this Dracula guy? Oh my gosh! My God.